Blog Talk Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, congratulations. You're about to arrive to the right place. Five, four, three, two, one. Welcome to the Ellen and Aaron's Good evening, folks. It is September 24th, 2021. It's the Allen and Aaron Sports Talk Podcast, and we are live here with you on this Friday evening. Looking to take your calls uh, here this evening at uh, 516-418-5572. Love to hear from you tonight. Uh, we're going to be talking uh, NFL picks week three. We'll look back at uh, how week two went. Thursday night football last night, a good game between, well, a good game if you're a Panthers fan, of course. And then, of course, uh, we'll talk some Major League Baseball, a few odds and ends around the rest of the sports world as well. And, of course, it wouldn't be a show called Alan and Aaron if Alan wasn't here with me. So, Alan joins us here tonight. Uh, Alan, good evening. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. Thank you for asking. How about yourself, Aaron? Doing well. I am certainly glad that it is Friday. I'm sure you are, too. And I'm certain that most of our crowd is probably pretty happy about that as well. So uh, what is on the, of course, I mentioned what we're going to talk about here tonight. What, what else do we have uh, coming up here uh, tonight? Yeah, we got those things. We're going to talk a little bit about the Ryder Cup. I'll give you guys my thoughts on that. There's a lot of going on on the golf world and in the USA versus Europe. I'll give you some insight on boxing news as well. And uh, we got a great show for everybody who's listening. We appreciate you listening tonight. Yeah, we're not here without our fans, without our listeners. Uh, this is really nothing if that's uh, not, of course, uh, going on on the other end. So we'd really love to hear from you. Uh, we understand that sometimes people are not available on a Friday night at 930. Uh, so our shows are always available, of course, on uh, iHeartRadio. You can sign up for a free account real easily through your phone. And, of course, uh, you just simply search for our show's name. You'll see our uh, our pictures, our cartoonish pictures, I guess you could say. That'll be what will help uh, determine that you're listening to the right program. Uh, I want to get right to it here tonight. Uh, we are now in week three of the NFL season. Seems like the uh, season's already flying by so quickly. And I wasn't in last week, so I know that there are some things that we didn't get to discuss, you and I. Um, sometimes week one and week two, a team can look completely great one week and completely terrible the next I wanted to ask you this question since we didn't get to talk last week. Uh, week one, New Orleans looked like they weren't skipping a beat. They tore Green Bay a new one. Last week, the same exact thing happened to them that they dished out the week before. So I wanted to get your take on who is the real New Orleans Saints and who is the real Jameis Winston. Is it the player we saw in week one or is it the player we saw last week in week two? That's a great question. It really was, I believe, the shock of the week out of all our picks and your picks and mine and our thought process, how a team could look so dominant and play the Carolina Panthers, who is not a, not a bad team, but to, be, to shut the Saints out offensively as bad as they did, that was really, really shocking. I mean, Alvin Kamara only had five yards rushing. And I think it's it's maybe not the Jameis that he's potentially possible of showing, 
But it's a situation where I definitely do think some players are going to suffer with Jameis back there. And the player particularly is going to be one of their biggest stars, if not the biggest star, Alvin Kamara. Because one of the things that Drew Brees did very good is that he would find him in the flap and chuck him down. And um, that's one great thing about about Alvin Kamara. And I just feel as if Jameis looks downfield a little too much, and that could really, really hurt the, the Saints. It's, the jury's still out. If, if this is going to be what we're going to see with the Saints, this next game they're playing is going to be a big test because it'll be a diff, against a different opponent, an opponent who's not 3-0. But there is some red flags that did show up already in the Saints, which is shocking. What are your thoughts? Well, I mean, I think it's hard to make a, a full determination after just two games. Um, I, I tend to look at it this way. You had a great performance in week one. You had a very shoddy performance in week two. And I think that the Saints are probably, and this is just my opinion, of course, they're probably looking at, okay, the real Jameis Winston and the real offense is somewhere in between those two performances. Now if they can figure out where exactly that starts, they can work on tweaking certain things. Because I really feel like when Jameis started with the Bucks in 2015 and 2016. Uh, I'm sorry to interrupt you, Aaron. We, we do have a call on the line. Let me go ahead and yeah, grab that. <laughs> Thank you for calling the Allen and Aaron Sports Arc Radio Show. Good evening, gentlemen. Hey, how you doing, Lou? All right. I see both of you are on tonight. Oh, yes. It's always a great thing. We're both here. Thanks for noticing. Yep, we do have Aaron in the house as well as myself. Good. How you doing? Doing well. I mean, you know, Yankees are are making their pitch for the uh, wild card, so that's looking good. They're being Boston right now, so that's that's always looking good. Unfortunately, I can't say the same for the Jets. Mm. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it looks, like, it looks like our possess, it looks like our prize possession is becoming a bust. Yeah, that that's one of the things that me and Lou did agree on, Aaron. When you weren't here, we both predicted the Jets to beat to to win last week's game in an upset, and they just didn't get it done. So, what do you think is is going on with the Jets, Lou? I don't know. I mean, I guess maybe too much hype, you know. Surrounding, surrounding, you know, our quarterback, and look at that, and and not for nothing, but uh, our previous quarterback, Sammy, always oh, having he's having a great career year, of course. Yeah, it's really he's shocking. Doing with the Jets in three seasons, and now he's doing something for his new team. Well, I think you yeah. can attribute a lot of that to the stability of the team he's playing for. I mean, if you look at the Jets, granted they did have uh, the same coach for the majority of the time that he was there. Um, now he goes into a more stable situation where, again, there's more of an established group of guys around him. That was what I was just about to say about Jameis Winston and mm-hmm. him being with the Bucks originally in 2015 and 16 versus now five, six years later with the Saints. He's not coming in to be the guy. Yes, he's going to get that pressure because he's replacing a future Hall of Fame quarterback in Drew Brees, but he just needs to fit in not make mistakes, let the rest of the offense around him handle that workload, hand the ball off when he needs to, get the receivers open and hit them, you know, where they need to be hit and get the touchdowns when they need them. 
I, I just I feel like there's there's a there's a similarity really in in these two guys going to the, the teams they're on now, um, and for Darnold going to Carolina, I think that was one of the best moves of the off season. I mean, you get a quarterback that you know has talent, and he's going to a system that has been maybe not putting up the numbers the last couple of years, but it's still got some stability there, and you've got a great nucleus around them. And I think the I don't think the Panthers are going to win that division, but I think they're going to give the Bucks a run for their money. I certainly think they're yeah. the best. They're they're the best team, not Tampa Bay, in that division for sure. Yeah. So my question to you, Lou, yeah. is what do you think? Do you think they're going to beat the Broncos? Do you think they're going to get over the? Oh hump? no, Broncos are too strong. They, they can't beat the Broncos. They always try. They always try to beat them. I think it's going to be tough going to mile high and getting a win. I I seriously doubt that. Wow. Yeah, that's disappointing. I was really surprised. As much they... as I hate to go against my team, but there's some cases where you're going to have to. Yeah, I mean, you don't want to go down 0-3 in the NFL. You definitely don't want to go down 0-3 in the NFL. No. 0-2 is one thing. 0-3 is another. Very few teams have been able to succeed after an 0-3 start. Yeah, it doesn't take long. You're right. But not like baseball. Once you go down, starting early in the NFL, you don't rebound too too quickly. Uh, the last but, uh, time he, I think that happened was um, – was the Chargers when they were still in San Diego. Yeah, I mean, do you think it's a quarterback issue? I don't know. It may be a whole team issue, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, I, I was right there with you. That was one of the, the picks that I got wrong was going with the Jets. And I really did think the Jets were going to win that game. I just felt as if they were going to break free, but – yeah, they, it's kind of disappointing that they started started oh two. I, I'm, I agree with you. I don't have I don't have the Jets beating the Broncos. I really don't. It's it's uh, more or less that not that the Jets are so bad. I just think the Broncos are are playing good enough to win, and they definitely are going to probably win against against the Jets. Is what I I picked. Yeah, I agree with you on that. It's just it's just disappointing for them to start that the season this way. But uh, Aaron did ask me a good question with uh, the Saints. That was probably the biggest shocker of the week, how inept they were. Do you think it's just a one-game thing, or you think this is going to be Jameis Winston 2.0? I think it might be a 2.0. Wow. Yeah, I, I mean, I was telling Aaron, one of the guys that is really going to get hurt in the system with Jameis back there is going to be Alvin Kamara because Drew Brees used to always depend on him in the flap, the, you know, the check down. He always had Alvin Kamara, and if you give the ball to Aaron Kamara in a check down, that's almost like if you don't get a first down on that, you get very close. And the problem with Jameis is that he's always looking downfield. He's always looking downfield, and he'll once in a blue moon check it down to Alvin, but that's not his game. And I'm realizing early in the season that even though Alvin Kamara is my first-round draft pick, I could see right now he's not getting nowhere near the touches that he's used to getting. So I could assume that he's probably very upset about, about right about now. He may not say anything, but I know he noticed the difference. 
Oh, he knows to write. <laughs> well, and, and you really got to think about it this way too with the Saints. I mean, this this is a this is a one year experiment with them uh, with with, uh, with yes. Winston. I mean, you had 15 years or so with Drew Brees, won a Super Bowl, were a constant contender for really the NFC title, and so you turn it over to this guy who was a former number one pick in the draft, gets a second chance. Um, I think, and again, two weeks into the year isn't going to determine the whole thing. But at this point, I think, you know, are we going to see what we saw in week one? Are we going to see what we saw last week or somewhere in between? Mm-hmm. And at the end of this year, here, here's here's the bottom line. At the end of this season, you know, the Saints could say, hey, we're going to go in a different direction. We're going to go out and find somebody. We could go out and trade for somebody. They could draft somebody. There's a lot of things that could happen. Um so I think that this is a this is a big year for uh, for Winston. I think this is a bigger year for him now than it was two years ago when he was in his walk year with Tampa Bay because teams were willing to give him a shot when he got cut by Tampa. He gets cut by the Saints, an established team with an established coach, you know, a team that he got to sit there and, and sit behind a future Hall of Famer for a year. I'm not saying he's not going to get picked up by somebody, but it's going to be awfully hard for him to come in and be the guy, be the starter. So I think this is a this is a big year, a crucial year for his career, and this is a make or break it really at this point. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I definitely think I think it's I agree. I definitely think Jameis has a a, a situation where he's he's got a lot of pressure on him because he has to perform, or he might be in the same boat with. Cam Newton, you know, just a, a good quarterback that just doesn't find a job. But, yeah, how did you do in your picks uh, otherwise, Lou? I had a decent week. I finished above 500. Okay, that's good. I think me and Aaron did finish over 500, too, did we? Yeah, we were both uh, 10 and 6 uh, this past week. That was uh, one of the the better weeks, uh, nine and seven for yeah. week one for, for you. And then uh, my first week was uh, seven and nine. So obviously got a little catching up to do here. Yeah. That the... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This, this past week, I didn't really pick any upsets this week three because, you know, I don't, Around this time, now you get to see what teams are about. Around week three or four, you kind of get a chance to see. And I, I think the Carolina is doing really well with the defense. But the fact that Christian McCaffrey is out, which is actually not surprising. One of the one of the people did say that Christian really? McCaffrey. Yeah, he, he, he had that hamstring injury in the game. No, I mean, it's not he, surprising he's out. It's not, and that's the bad thing about Christian McCaffrey, which I wanted to tell you that, yeah. you know, he's a very good back, and he's definitely one of the top three backs in the league, him, Alvin, and, and Derrick Henry, but the guy can just not stay healthy. Can't stay healthy. I don't know if it's his smaller frame. He just, right. He just doesn't stay healthy. I mean, I had him as my first-round draft pick in, in fantasy football last year, and it was a bust because he only played like three, three, four games, and that was it. And he got injured. And I could have got him the first year this year, too, and I I skipped on him for Alvin Kamara because he just 
you know, Christian McCaffrey, just like he did last year, started off really strong, started out excellent, and then he got hurt. I mean, yeah. man, he can't stay healthy. That's you got to do. You got to stay healthy or else you're not going much of a career. That's for sure. And I did want to get your take, Lou, and also Aaron, on baseball. You know, I went I went to the Rays game on Saturday. It was actually a very good turnout. There was a lot of people there. It was a mid-afternoon Good game, lunch. 4 or 4.10. It was actually a good turnout. It wasn't sold out, but it was a good turnout. And the the question I have for you guys is that this team is, you know, if you look at the Raptors, they got a lot of championship caliber. I mean, they had ALS. You know, they made it to World Series. The team, if you looked at the banner, like AL East Division champs, they – They've been having winning teams, but yet they were selling tickets for the last series for like ten bucks. I don't know what to say with the Rays and the tennis problem at this point. Any suggestions well, you guys have? Well, and I'll, I'll throw my hat in the ring on that one. I was actually at the Sunday game uh, last week um, against Detroit, and I here's my thought. And I know we've had this discussion several times in the past. And I've had yeah. this with a few other people too. St. Pete is not a good place for a ballpark. Um, the the majority of the right. season ticket holders, diehard fans, whatever you want to call them, live on the Tampa side of the bay, live in the Brandon area, live over here near where I'm at. So you, first thing you got to do is you got to put a ballpark in a better position. That's that's the big thing. The second thing, more factually speaking, Alan, you're from New York. Um, there's a lot of people down here in this general region that are not from here, that are already loyal fans of other ball clubs. So yeah, when you factor that problem. in, and, and, and to, to even put a little bit more of a curve on it too, you think about how Florida, in particular uh, Central Florida, is the home of the Grapefruit League. So you've got you know, the Yankees who play their spring games in Tampa. You've got the Tigers over here in Lakeland. Um, you've got Blue Jays fans. A lot of Canadians come down here. They're in Dunedin. The Phillies are right over there in Clearwater. And you can go right down the, uh, the, the west coast of Florida, Baltimore, Pittsburgh, Atlanta, Boston, Minnesota. I'm probably forgetting somebody in there. Yeah. You've got a lot of people who are here, you know, as opposed to, let's say you're in the middle part of the country. If you're in, you know, Oklahoma or if you're in Kansas or if you're in, you know, Nebraska, you're probably going to be either a Cardinals fan or a Royals fan because you're located in that area. A lot of people have moved here over the years because of the weather, and so they take their loyalties with them from wherever they've come from, which makes perfect sense. That's why in the past, and I, I, I think it has changed out a lot in the last 20 years, because I can remember going to games at Tropicana Field in the late 90s, in the early 2000s, and yeah. The opposition far outnumbered the Rays fans, or the Devil Rays fans, I guess you could say at the time. So it's changed a lot. There's more Rays fans there. Don't get me wrong. When they play New York, they play the Cubs, right. if they play the, the Braves, if they play the Red Sox, you're going to see an even crowd, or it may actually be more favorable to the, the road team. But I think those are the things that certainly work against the Rays for, dry, uh, for drawing fans. So I think the number one thing is you got to have a more – intimate ballpark. You need one with a smaller capacity. You need to have one that's going to draw uh, businesses for the 
you know, for the suite revenue, um, for the, yes. the, the different, I mean, th- this is what it's all about. I mean, Yankee Stadium's like that now. All these new ballparks that have been built in the last 20, 25 years, that's where the money comes from. You see them selling $10, $20 seats that are cheap, and that's great. Those are those are the seats that are there for the casual fans, the people who may be coming yeah, to town. Yeah, we call those lead seats, though. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So those, those are the tickets that are for, you know, the, 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 I'm not saying they're diehard fans, but the casual fans who can't go to every single game. You make your money on ticket sales from selling those luxury suites to different businesses who bring in clients and so on and so forth. So that's really what Tampa's missing right now. And once they get that, which I think at some point somewhere it will happen, you're going to see them have a little bit more financial strength and stability to be able to hold on to some of their key players and not have to trade everybody away and also be a big player in free agency and, you know, trades. But right now, I don't think there's any question. And, you know, you're a New York fan. And of course, you are. Tampa stay. <laughs> I, I, I think they will. I, I think they will in the long run. I think it'll be a, an 11th hour deal. Um, I just feel that bottom line is this: if they can't get their act together, and get something done in the next – I'm going to go right right now. We're in 2021. They have about three, maybe three and a half years to make a decision to get something on paper, get a contract, what, what have you, or there's no question this team is gone. And that's the thing people need to realize. The leaders there in Central Florida and the Tampa Bay area need to realize, hey, if we are going to sit here and bicker back and forth over all this, it's going to – it's going to end badly. You're, you're going to have the exact same thing happen to Tampa Bay that ironically happened to Montreal, which is where, very well where this team might end up going. So I think that at the end of the day, and I'm saying this because there's two sides to this. Certainly as a yes. Central Florida native, I want to see the team stay in this area. People, you know, I, I most of my friends are Rays fans, so it's it would be very hard to see the team up and leave. At the same time, you talked about how the attendance is one of the lowest in the league. To a degree, the area doesn't deserve a team because you don't have enough people showing up, showing up and supporting. I do think that will change if you put the ballpark in a better area. The, the big key here, I believe, is this. And now, Lou, I'm not sure if you've ever been to this part of the state of Florida or not, but there's so many really fun things yes. to do in Central Florida, Tampa, downtown Tampa in particular. Um, there's all kinds of shops and venues and restaurants, so on and so yes. forth. If you put a ballpark in an area where there are other attractions as well, it all kind of blends in. I think that would be a very big helpful thing. But really, at the end of the day, this is a dead horse that we've been beaten for a long time. I mean, the Rays actually, the first time they announced they were going to build a new ballpark was in 2007. And so it's been going on for almost 15 years now. And really the only thing we've had is a lot of empty promises that have been abandoned. Yes. I'd like to get your take on it, Lou. Yeah, because I'm wondering, you know, how Garantina does so well not drawing any crowds. You know, like I heard it's like in a bad area or whatnot. There's more, uh, more willing to go to the beach or whatnot. So, you know, you had to figure, you know, there's, there's something that's not drawing the 
for the crowds. Now, I imagine though, you were a horrible team like the Florida Marlins. That's another thing altogether. But, <laughs> you know, I mean, that's, that's expected. Yeah. I mean, if you're lousy, I mean, nobody, nobody's going to come to see it. You know, well, you know, I would, but if you're such a good team and not drawing anything, that, that says something that, you know, that that, some, that that something's going wrong, and it doesn't look like you know they're going to stick around a lot longer. Because you know I, I heard rumors that they might go to Montreal or wherever, maybe even Vegas, which is where I think Oakland might be heading as well. So there's a lot to be there's a lot to be said. Yeah, you're right about that. I mean, who would have thought that Vegas would be a big draw for sports? But it's getting bigger and bigger. Well, I mean, the betters capital of the world. I mean, why not? Yeah, and the, and their team is doing really well. The Las Vegas Raiders, they're doing great. Al Davis, we've been proud. Well, and, and you know, to, to kind of piggyback a little bit off the Rays situation, and you mentioned Vegas there, uh, there's been a lot of talk here in the last uh, two years or so with the Diamondbacks possibly moving to uh, to Nevada and Las Vegas in, in particular. Also, well, the A's might yeah. go there too. So there's a lot of a lot of movement. Baseball-wise. Yeah, they do. Yeah, they do. Uh, the worst team in the National League this year. Um, they'll have one of the top picks in this next draft. So, but uh, coming right down to the wire, Lou, I got to ask you. You know, where do you think uh, think the Yankees are going to get in? You think the Blue Jays are going to get in? And what's going to happen there? Yeah, it's going to come down to the last game of the season. There's no clear winner here right now. I mean, it can be Boston, New York, it can be Boston and Toronto, it can be New York. There's whole, there's all different kinds of scenarios. So, no. It's going to come down, I think, like the last game or the last two games of the season before we get any clear indication. Yeah. So... I mean, let's look at it. The, the Yankees are eight out. Red Sox are six out. It's close. It's real close. And the Braves only two games up. You think they're going to be able to hold on? I sure hope so. You know, yesterday... Well, they've come this far without Acuna, so why not? I thought yeah. after Acuna was out, that'd be it for them. But I was certainly wrong about that. Well, the, 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 the trades Atlanta made at the deadline certainly helped them out. The, the downside is their bullpen still has some issues. But here's what I'll say. Last night, they had a 4-1 to one lead in the 7th or 8th inning, and they blew it against Arizona. Arizona against one of the worst teams in baseball right now. Ended up losing the game 6-4. Yeah. And on the other side, Philly, who's chasing them, going into yesterday, they were three games back. They were down 6-1 to one in the 4th inning, and they came back and won 10-6 over uh, over Pittsburgh, so nerve-wracking. I'll tell you, this is one of the most nerve-wracking seasons as a Braves fan I've seen in probably a good 10 years. Um, yeah. Honestly, if I'm being honest, I don't I don't think that Atlanta deserves to be in the playoffs this year, uh, just with the way things mm-hmm. have gone. But um, that's why they play the games, and hopefully, hopefully things will work out. I don't see them getting very far if they do get in. I just feel like there's yeah. too many – too many, uh, you know, too many things that have gone yeah. not their way. But I'll tell you right now, look at St. Louis. They've won 13 games in a row. I mean, it really, First it really does. They even did it during the World Series years. 
Exactly. Yeah. So yeah. I mean, it really. Yeah, of course. What, no what one can be happier than the, a, yeah. No one can be happier than the world's uh, worst sportscaster, though. <laughs> and we know who that is, don't we? Joe Buck. Yep. <laughs> That's right. Thank you. And for the record, he sucked on Jeopardy as well. <laughs> Did not get the uh, the pleasure of seeing that. That uh, obviously, uh, and I remember when he called. I think it was the uh, U.S. Open. I think a few years ago on Fox. Just yeah. he's he's not he's not a bad voice for for football or for baseball. Just golf did not fit him very well. Um, no, no, that was definitely not a good uh, good fit, good look. So <laughs> not at all, not at all. So you're, that's interesting that you said that, Aaron, that if the Braves do make it, you still don't believe that they deserve to go far. Well, I, I, I don't anticipate that happening. I mean, when you think about your best pitcher, Mike Soroka, he's been injured since a year ago, hasn't, hasn't pitched in a big league game in actually 13 months at this point. Um, now your rotation is made up of five guys, so you, got, you have other, other guys you can fill in there. But your best offensive player and your most dynamic player in Ronald Acuna Jr. tore his knee up back uh, about two months or so ago. And so you never know. I'll be the first to admit this. Two years ago, Atlanta cruised to winning their second consecutive division title. They get in. they, They end up losing to St. Louis in five games. The Dodgers were the team that I looked at and said they're just they're stacked. And lo and behold, the wild card winning Washington Nationals beat the Dodgers, and they end up uh, beating the, uh, the Cardinals. Um, they go to the World Series. They win in uh, was it six or seven games. So I would not have picked the, the Nationals even going into that playoffs. You know, it is a, a crapshoot once you get into the into the playoffs, and especially with the format now with the extra wild card. <laughs> Um, but you know, if I'm making an educated pick, yeah, if I'm making an educated pick, I, I'm not picking Atlanta at this point. I, I, I honestly, I look at the National League, the Dodgers, Cardinals. I mean, the Cardinals are hot right now, so that's that certainly plays into it a little bit. In the American League, it's Tampa Bay, and I'd say it's probably uh, just looking at the the standings right now. Um, let's see here. I think Boston can get far. I just don't know how. I, I like the White Sox, honestly. I think they've got a really, really deep team. Um, got a veteran manager, actually the most veteran manager in baseball right now, in um, 78-year-old Tony LaRusa. So, you know, I think they have a, a really good really good spot there. Their bullpen is certainly in great shape. So I, I would give the White Sox upper hand, but you can't count out Houston either. I mean, Houston's obviously got uh, a lot of experience on its side. Yeah, you can't can't count them out, you know. And they're a team that you you hate, but at the same token, you got to respect them because yeah. they're not doing the cans right now. They're not doing the garbage cans right now. <laughs> but I got a question for you two guys. An interesting question that came up this week: A Rod is going to be up for the Hall of Fame real soon. Do you think? A-Rod has any chance of making it to the Hall of Fame? If it was up to me, yes, but um, 
I think the committee is, you know, hung up on the steroid issue and has never has never gotten past it. So I would have to say no. Okay. What do you think, Aaron? Um, I'm going to go the same. Uh, I'm going to say no, and I'll, I'll give a little bit more, um, you know, meat to why I believe that. A-Rod got uh, caught or, you know, fingers pointed at him in, in 2009, right before that season started in 2009. And he had a chance to explain himself. And, of course, just like a lot of other people, he, you know, threw his cousin under the bus. You know, all these stories, these things. Just admit that you did it. You know, it's the same thing for Pete Rose. Pete Rose had just come out and said, yeah, I, I gambled on baseball. Not 15 years later like he did. If he'd done it right away, maybe he would have had a chance. Here's the problem with A-Rod. He didn't get just caught that one time. He was basically forced into retirement after 2013 because right. Major, League Baseball had a, Major League Baseball had enough evidence on him to basically have him banned for life from playing baseball. So they quietly forced him into retirement. I think it was more of like a plea deal to, in a sense. But, no, I, I don't think A-Rod belongs in the Hall of Fame. Um, there's an interesting uh, there's an interesting story. I'll have to find this and post it to our page on YouTube, a, a, a story that I watched, I don't know, maybe six months ago, talking about how A-Rod was possibly using steroids when he was in high school. So this stuff goes back. He, he's apparently been a cheater in more areas than one. We'll leave the other stuff to your imagination here tonight. But he has been apparently cheating for almost 30 years. And probably one of the, and I've, again, heard this from countless people, Derek Jeter, who I think is one of the most classy individuals that's ever played the sport, and probably maybe would candidly talk about this, there's a lot of people who would say Alex Rodriguez is one of the worst teammates ever. So I think that speaks volumes right there. Um, not that not that being a good teammate negates you from being a Hall of Famer, but when you got caught once, and then you got caught twice, and then you were stubborn enough the second time around to dig in your heels and challenge Major League Baseball, who had again enough evidence on you to ban you for life, you don't belong in the Hall of Fame. I don't care what your numbers are, you don't belong. No, there. no, you don't. No, I agree. I, I definitely think um, A. Rod has the longest shot of not of making it than the other than actually Bonds or Clemens. I think A. Rod is a definite hard no because he got caught cheating twice and he failed a drug test. It, at least with Barry Bonds and Clemens, they have a big cloud of suspicion, but they actually never technically failed a drug test. A. Rod failed two drug tests, so you got caught. And then apologize, well, and then did it again. So, to me, A. Rod has no chance of making it to Hall of Fame whatsoever. I think the other guys yeah. have uh, somewhat of a chance, but A. Rod is a definite no. And I, and it's a shame because he's a Hall of Fame talent, but his just his really the best way I can word it is his stupidity and selfishness, ego, really <laughs> ego really cost them in, in a Hall of Fame ticket and one sign that his number is not going to get retired, 
because they gave it to Joey Gallo, and it's just, um, no, A-Rod is not going to make it. I know in his mind he thinks he has a shot of making it, but it's a no. It's You're not going to yeah. get votes. It's going to be a no. In fact, I wouldn't be surprised if he got some of the lowest votes when his, his name was on the ballot because, oh, no, definitely. You, you failed two drug tests, man. Yeah, no, that's a hard no. So, Lou, what do you got coming on for your show tomorrow? Oh, we got a bunch of the cover. We'll carry, of course, with the um, wildcard playoffs, uh, number one. Of course, our NFL and college picks. Uh, we'll cover a bit of the Ryder Cup, uh, WNBA playoffs. Um, so we have a we have a we have a lot to do. Oh, and um, preseason hockey, which starts tomorrow. So we're going to cover a little bit of that. But I'll take predictions on what the uh, divisions are next week. Okay. So that's next week. Sounds like you got a great show tomorrow coming up. So definitely, that's that's awesome. Yeah. And for the people who don't know, it's the Enhanced Sports Show, five to seven Eastern Standard Time Zone. So tomorrow, Saturday, five yeah. to seven Eastern Standard Time Zone. And tell them the number. Five one two five four three four six six two. I'll repeat it again. Five one two five four three four six. Six two. There you go. Five one two five four three four six six two. You'll be able to speak to Lou. You got a great show. Yeah. Enhanced sports show tomorrow between five and seven Eastern Standard Time Zone. Definitely check them out. You got some great topics. Thanks. You're very welcome. I hope they'll hear from you guys as well. Hope they'll hear from you guys too. All right, I'll try to give you a call tomorrow for sure. Okay. Thank you, gentlemen. Oh, you're very welcome, Lou. Thank you for calling. We really appreciate you. You're the best. Thanks. You're welcome. Have a great weekend. That's a great buddy, Lou. Always great to hear from him. Definitely, that's a legend right there. But, yeah, I definitely wanted to get your take on something else in baseball. Were you able to watch the 30 for 30 on um, the Mets? I have not. Um, okay. I've Definitely going to be watching. Uh, that was what a team! Uh, what a team that was in '86. Um, think about all the the storylines behind that series. Uh, and we talked to Daryl Strawberry back in uh, late January. Yep. And obviously, um, you know he was a critical part of that particular team in '86. Mets in '86, Red Sox in '86. Uh, Boston looking to win their first World Series in 68 years. Game six, it's in New York. They have a two-run lead with two outs in the ninth inning, and the Mets find a way to come back and win in one of the most dramatic fashions. And, you know, the curse and all these things that went along with it, all these storylines that were around it. The Red Sox just choked. And the Mets, again, they had beaten a really good Dodgers team that year in the playoffs and gone to the World Series. So a lot of interesting things, a lot of a lot of, a lot of weird things that came out about that team later on. There was some stuff with um, Lenny Dykstra, um, things that went on in the clubhouse. 
you'll you'll have to watch the 30 for 30 folks if you haven't seen it uh, i haven't either but i do know some of the backline stories from um hearing the stuff over the years um definitely a, a a fun series and that team could have been could have been a dynasty they really could have you know put together a, a good run uh, of several really good teams which they did have uh, a pretty decent team the next year and even into 88 and 89 but they squandered it and you know that's how baseball goes sometimes um and you know here's the thing Mets have not won a World Series since that was 35 years ago so Wow. Two, two, two World Series trips since then. They've watched their counterparts across town win, what, six or seven since, uh, since they've won one. So, and the Mets uh, just cannot seem to figure it out. They, they, they put some really good talent on the field, but as our buddy Chip Carey told us back in February when we were talking to him, and I made mention of, and the Mets look really good, he, he reminded me, game isn't one on paper. It looks good on paper, but it isn't one on paper. It's one on the field. So, yeah, you're right. I mean, I got a chance to to watch the the entire series of Thirty for Thirty, and I'm not gonna spoil it for anybody. But man, that was a great documentary. You know, it's it great to to see our friend Daryl come come on the screen, and it was it was a lot of stories that you kind of forgot. I mean, and I forgot on that 86 team against the Red Sox that Roger Clemens was on the team and Wade Box were on the team. And yep. they were on that team. And it's just, it's just, you know, and they could have lost that, not only that series to the Red Sox, I forgot that they could have lost the series before against Houston Astros. They had them. And, they let it slip three runs in the, in the ninth inning, and then the end up winning the series, and the rest is history. So as great as that team was, they got some breaks that went their way, and that's what you need. You a, a game baseball is a game of inches, and definitely it's a great documentary. I would highly recommend it. You know, one of our guests that was in. Dow Strawberry, I was here on our show early in the year, was on there. Lenny Deitcher is on there. <laughs> you know, so, and I got to thank Lenny Deitcher. He follows me on Twitter, and we tried to get him on the show, too, but it didn't materialize, but it was nice to hear from him. And I props to Lenny because he, he said he's been about 40 months now without getting arrested. So definitely congratulations to Lenny Deitcher for that. <laughs> Some things never change. I'll just leave it as that. I don't want to spoil the documentary, but Lenny is still Lenny. Yeah. <laughs> Lenny's still Lenny. And it was great to hear from Heath Hernandez. Doc Gooden was on there. They did a did a great job of tracking down a lot of the players that was on the team. And rest in peace to Gary Carter. May he rest in peace because, uh, you know, Gary Carter is unfortunately a one of the people that couldn't be in the documentary, but his wife was there. You know, that's the the great uh, Gary Carter. And I got to tell a quick story about Gary Carter to our fans because he's a great man. And Daryl spoke 
very highly of him when he was on our show, but I got a chance to meet Gary Carter in Cooperstown when I went, the one and only time I went to Cooperstown. And he was in the airport. He was waiting for the plane to, to, to arrive to take him back to his destination. I asked him for his autograph, and he said he would not basically sign for free because of his foundation. I forget what he charged. I can't for the life of me remember what he charged, but it was like very cheap for him being a Hall of Famer. Usually autographs there, if you got him at a show, range anywhere from $75 to $125 in autograph. I think he charged $25 or $30, somewhere in that range. At the time, I had about $20 on me cash. I think he was asking $30 or $35. And I told him I would give him the cash, but I would have to go to ATM. But he said, okay, no problem. And he signed it before I could actually go to the ATM. So I gave him the $20. And I said, here's for your foundation. And he signed it. And I think in his mind, he was like, yeah, this guy's not going to pay me the rest. But I'm a man of my word. I went to the ATM in the airport, found it, and came back to him about 15, 20 minutes later and gave it to him. I said, and I think he was surprised. I said, here, here you go. I went and got change. I went to the ATM, and I gave him the difference. And he smiled and laughed, and he was, like, very impressed that I kept my word. But it just goes to show you, and you never know, unfortunately, after the one and only time I got a chance to meet Gary Carter, so may he rest in peace, and definitely a, a great guy. But um, I wanted to share with you all the story of my story with Gary Carter, and his wife uh, was on the on the documentary. You got to check it out, Thirty for Thirty, for the Mets. So definitely do that. So I did want to go ahead and get your idea on the picks for this week. We'll talk about that now. Looking them over right now. Um, Let's share with them, with our, our fans. And again, guys, don't bet on us. <laughs> this is just entertainment only. For yeah, entertainment only. Definitely. Uh, that, that, exactly. Yeah, we're not pros as far as our our picks, but I'll, I'll say this. You know, I, I've done pretty well over the last few years. Um, off to a little bit of a slow start this year, but I tell you what, we'll go right down the list, and uh, we're just our picks out there. I think we're both pretty pretty similar this week. Uh, Panthers two and zero going into uh, into Houston, who is one and one. I have the Panthers winning that game. Uh, what is your pick there, Alan? Panthers as well, and that one. Uh, Panthers took care of business and they got that win on Thursday. But I did pick Panthers before Thursday before the game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We but, both had that as a pick, so we obviously. We both have won that first pick here. So um, you actually, and I, I misread this here a moment ago, you actually had that as one of your uh, lock picks uh, this week. So that goes yes. into the, the lock pick column here for you. That will help you out there in your uh, points. So, um, of course, uh, that was last night. And, and really, Carolina took care of business. Tennessee, I'm sorry, Tennessee, uh, Houston did not look very good at all. They've got a lot of problems there in Houston right now. Um, obviously, the quarterback situation still yet to be resolved. Sean Watson may or may not be there next week. Who knows? Uh, but looking forward, um, this is an intriguing matchup for me. Uh, the next game, first game on Sunday, Washington Football Club at Buffalo. Both teams are one and one. 
Buffalo has established itself as really a powerhouse in the AFC. Washington is really working their way up. And I think that they may have a really good chance to surprise some people and win that uh, that division there again. Who, who do you have uh, in this game Sunday? Yeah, I, I do have the Bills winning this game. The Bills are starting to find their stride. They they were a little cold in the first game, but they're starting to find their rhythm. And I'm starting to see the old Bills of, of last year. Washington is actually doing really well this this game. This wasn't an easy pick, but I, I do have the Bills winning the game this this game just because the Washington. I don't think they picked up their end of the the bargain on defense like they did last year yet. But because of that reason, I think the Bills. I got the Bills winning the game. Yeah, I think we both picked Buffalo in this one. And I, I really here's the thing: Washington's defense has basically been rebuilt since uh, since Rivera took over. They're still in the process of getting to where they want to go. So I think they'll slowly get there. And don't get me wrong, I think Washington will be a playoff team this year, no no doubt in my mind. But Buffalo, with that offense, with all those pieces they have there, unless something happens crazy this weekend, I, I really feel like Buffalo's got that uh, that game. I think it will be a close game, though. I agree. I expect in a very close game. And I got the Bills, but it's going to be a close, tight game. I agree. Now we look on to the, the, the next game. This is a somewhat of a toss-up, uh, but I think it was a fairly easy pick here for both of us. You got the Bears one and one going into Cleveland to play the one and one Browns. Both of us picked the Browns in that game. Any any reason in your mind that the Bears would pull off a of upset? Well, they they got the the uh, his name slipped my mind. The rookie starting. For, for this game, and Cam Newton spoke very highly of him. I'll get his, his name up here. But um, the Bears have got a pretty good team. I don't think the Browns are just in stride just yet. I, I still think that they're kind of trying to figure things out a bit. But I, I do have the Browns too. But anything could happen in this game. I, I got the Browns winning the game. Yeah, yeah, we're we're both on board on that, and it, it is hard for a rookie quarterback to come into a situation, especially when you're playing a Browns team that has really grown the last two years. Like it's very hard to beat a team like that, especially on the road. So that's going to be a, a difficult one for Chicago. Um, I like it. Yeah, Justin Fields uh, ran out of Ohio State. Um, terrific talent, and you know. I think he's going to be a really good quarterback as time moves on. But here, here's the thing that could hurt him. Bears have not been a highly contending team the last several years, and there's a lot of rumors about a coaching change. And usually when that happens, especially if there's an offensive philosophy moving on from that, the quarterback is the one who suffers the most. So that would be my biggest concern if, if I'm a Bears fan. Obviously I'm not, but if I am – a Bears fan, that's the thing I'm looking at is, hey, if you make a change of coach, how does that impact our new quarterback? So we'll see how that uh, plays out here over the next several months. Uh, next game is uh, I, I actually picked this as my lock pick, uh, one of my lock picks this week. Um, Ravens, one and one. They are going, and they pulled off a big win here, of course, this past week against the Chiefs. They're going on the road to play the Lions, who I do not have uh, 
uh, doing very well in this game. I think the Ravens are going to run all over them. I think they're going to pass all over them. I think that the Lions will be lucky to score a touchdown in this game, honestly. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you with the Ravens winning this game. Now, one thing is a bit of a concern. I've definitely – I was a little surprised Lamar did that little flip in the end zone. But the irony of that is is that he did hurt his hip. He is scheduled to play against against the Lions, but that is something that is a concern a, a bit. And the thing about it is um, I think if, if Lamar is good to go, they're going to win this game, them being the Ravens. But the Ravens, one thing that they haven't done well so far is their defense. I'm really surprised that they're letting up as many points as they have. Once they get that in check, but I do think the Lions are going to score some points, but I just think the Ravens have a better team overall. Yeah, I mean, Detroit, they've been down for, I don't know what, a long time. I mean, just, <laughs> it seems like they, they always make the wrong decisions. Um, although I, I do see a little bit of a different dynamic with their offense now with a different quarterback, with Goff being in there. Uh, rather than, you know, who they had in there before for the last uh, 10, 12 years. So that's kind of an intriguing thing on that side of things. But, again, at the end of the day, it's the same old Detroit Lions, and that the end result is they're not winning football games. Yeah, so I, I mean, I, you're right. And they hung in there for, for the good first half against your team, the Packers. But as soon as the halftime came on, Aaron figured out a few things, and the game was over. But they hung in there for the half, but that's about all you're going to get is spotty play, and that's it. That's not going to win a game. Yeah. Moving right along here, you got the 0-2 Colts going on the road to play in Nashville against the 1-1 Titans. I've got the Titans winning this game. I believe you do as well. Yep, you're also on board with that. Colts, this could be a really big game for them because if they fall to 0-3, there's a good chance that the negative momentum pushes them down the staircase uh, the rest of this year. They're they're in a lot of trouble in Indianapolis. I, I, I can see that becoming a really long year uh, for them. And on the other side, the Titans, I mean, look, they, they were a team that last year could have gone all the way to the Super Bowl as well as they played. So, um this is probably, and I'm only saying this because it's hard to get back into it after you start the year 0-3, this could be the Colts' whole entire season right here. If they fall to 0-3, they're probably out. And here's the thing, kind of a storyline here. Carson Wentz, you know, he got traded from the Eagles to the Colts over the offseason, has a history of nothing but injuries, and Colts took a chance. A change of scenery sometimes is a guy good. He gets injured right away for the Colts. I mean, it's it's is he a bust? I'd say at this point, yes, he is. So I, I think that's a, a big thing. And this is a big year for for him there too, because you know if you're not playing most of the season. I think there's a decent chance he might not be back in the Colts next year. He might be looking for a job himself. Yeah, unfortunately, Carson Wentz has been injury prone, and he's definitely got a lot of pressure to succeed so far and he's not doing, I mean, his part and the Titans are starting to kind of get things together. They got Derrick Henry going last week. They didn't really play much the first game because they were blown out, 
But um, the Titans need to win this game too. You know, you don't want to go down one and two, and the Colts definitely need to win because you go down 0-3 in the NFL, that doesn't normally bode well for you. Just like we said about the Jets earlier, I have the Titans winning. I just think that their running game with Carson Wentz going out, them having to have to put somebody else in, when you have to start a new uh, rookie starter, unfortunately against a team as good as the Titans, you kind of have your you have an exposure there. So I got the Titans winning that game. I agree 100%. Next game is a battle of up-and-coming quarterback versus established quarterback, uh, Kansas City hosting the Chargers. The Chiefs, I tell you what, Andy Reid, probably the best coach in the NFL today other than Bill Belichick. Coming off of a loss last week, a tough loss to the Ravens, their game plan is going to be pretty solid, I think, this weekend. Uh, I don't see the Chiefs missing any steps. I think they're going to roll. I think this is going to be the offense we saw the, the, the Chiefs with a couple years back. Um, and I think they're going to roll all day. I think they're going to pass. They're going to run. They're going to play pretty solid defense, too. So I got Kansas City winning that game. Yeah, I got Kansas City winning, too. And uh, I reason why I got them winning this game, and it's one of my lock picks, actually, is because, because of the fact that they lost such a big game against the Ravens. I think they're going to be fired up even more to win. And I just think that they're going to come up with a better game plan because really what the Ravens just did is they doubled Tyreek Hill the whole game. They said, we're not going to, we're not going to let Tyreek Hill beat us. And they surely didn't. They doubled Tyreek Hill the entire game. They had like three catches the whole game. And I got the Chiefs because they're going to come up with a stronger game plan. They're going to get Tyreek involved, and I think they're going to have a chip on his shoulder because they lost that game, a Monday night game against the Ravens, which is the only time that Lamar has actually beat the Chiefs. And then to do a backflip in the end zone, do like a not as good as, as Tyreek Hill backflip, but you know what? I got them winning this game, the Chiefs. Yeah, I, I do too, and, and I don't know if you guys could hear it. I know, Alan, you just messaged me that you could get there. He goes again. <laughs> my my cat Milo in the background, he's saying that the, the Chargers are going to win this game, so he, he is vehemently <laughs> disagreeing with both of us here. He has the Chargers uh, winning this game on Sunday. So um, <laughs> uh, the, the next matchup is one that I think would have been about two, three years ago, probably one of the most intriguing Super Bowl matchups that never happened. Get the Saints. We talked about them at the top of the show with Jameis Winston, and of course the uh, the Patriots, who are one and one, and of course their new quarterback Mac Jones. Uh, I have the Patriots winning this game left and right. I think this is going to be a big, it's a big test for both guys because both guys want to prove themselves, Winston and of course Mac Jones. I think the Patriots have a little bit of a better game plan put in place right now. Don't make any mistakes, of course. Winston is a little bit more of a gambler, if you will. That's why you threw those 30 picks a couple years back. Um, I have the Patriots in this game. I think they're going to actually roll. I think they're going to. I think they're going to go to go to town here on the Saints on Sunday. I think you have the Patriots as well. Um, yep, you have the Patriots as well. What do you see happen in this in uh, in this game? Do you see it being a, a close game or a, a blowout? 
I see it being a close game, but I do think the Patriots are going to pull it out. And the main reason is because the Patriots do one thing exceptionally well. They will take away your number one weapon, and that is going to be Alvin Kamara. I think they're going to find a way to take him away, and they're going to kind of do like what the Panthers did. They took away their best weapon, and then if you rely on James Winston to beat you by itself with a team like the Patriots, I just don't see it happening. It's a big game for both teams. It's a big game for the Saints to win, and it's a big game for the Patriots to win because you don't want to have a losing record. One and two is going to be the result if you lose. But I just think the experience of the Patriots, not so much Mac Jones, but I just think the experience of the coaching staff is in the Patriots' favor, and they're going to they're going to they're going to stop Alvin Kamara, and that's what's going to happen. And I just think the Patriots are going to find a way to win the game. Yeah, no, it's, it's and it all, you know the game's also in in New England too. I mean that home field advantage matters in the NFL. Next game is intriguing as the one we just talked about. This next game is a battle of two teams that are 0 2 that are kind of trying to figure out their identities at this point. You got the Falcons 0 2. They're going on the road to the Giants, and as much as I'd like to see the Giants get on the on the board in the win column. The, both of the New York teams look pretty pretty bad right now. Um, I got the Falcons winning this game. I just feel like the Giants right now, they just they can't figure them. They're, they're tripping over their own two feet, basically, uh, at this point. Falcons aren't much better, but I've got Atlanta winning this game on Sunday in uh, in uh, in New York. I think you had picked the same. Yeah, you, you picked the same as I did. Um, what would have to happen for the Giants to win this game on Sunday? They would have to get Saquon to run the ball a lot and get some yardage and play a, a game where you're – a possession game where you're holding on to the ball a lot more than the Falcons. The Falcons actually have a very good team. They showed me a lot when they played the, the Bucks. I mean, they hung in there. The two interceptions that, that were thrown late in the game really hurt them, that being the Falcons. But they hung in there against, against the Bucks for, I would say, three – a little over three quarters, and the fourth quarter just let it slip away. But I think the Falcons actually have a very good team. They got Cordell Patterson, who's a very good good back and a utility player. So I got the Falcons winning this game. I just don't think um, the Giants are there just yet. I could see them winning this, this type of game later in the year, but I just don't think that they got all the pieces together just yet. Saquon Barkley is starting to find his stride yet, but he's still not there. So I got I got I got the the Falcons winning this game. What the fuck are you doing up there? Yeah, yeah, I I, I think that uh, Atlanta's got uh, Atlanta's definitely got a better situation for sure. So uh, I like this next one. This is a divisional matchup. Uh, you get the Bengals going uh, one and one on the road to play Pittsburgh in Pittsburgh. Um, Veteran quarterback, veteran team in Pittsburgh against the, the Bengals, who are a younger team, younger coach, younger system. I've definitely got uh, Pittsburgh. Unless something crazy happens, Pittsburgh has definitely got this uh, got this game. Yeah, I think the, the the Steelers are due for to come out of their kind of like slow start, and I think they're going to get Juju Smith-Schuster back involved. 
I think Juju is going to get back involved a little bit more. I mean, they have thrown him a little bit more the last game, but I think they're going to start finding his stride a bit. And I think this they usually play against the Bengals really well, so I got the Steelers winning this game for that reason. Yeah, it's just it's a, it's a classic matchup. I mean, you got a, a team that's trying to prove itself against the team. I mean, don't get me wrong, the Steelers are trying to prove themselves too, but uh, obviously the the better team, the veteran team here, I think has the, the upper hand. Now, this is a, a, a pretty interesting matchup here, this next one. I have picked two weeks in a row Jacksonville as an upset pick. I don't know what I've been thinking the first two weeks of the season. So this next game is one that I, I've actually picked the uh, the Arizona Cardinals as the lock pick. Uh, they're 2-0. off a great start. They, their offense is certainly dynamic. I, I think they might be one of the surprise teams in the NFC right now, uh, the Arizona Cardinals. They are going on the road to play the Jaguars. Uh, this time, hopefully Jacksonville doesn't screw me a third time in a row. But I, I, have the, uh, I have the Cardinals winning this game. And pretty soundly, too. I think they're going to I think you're going to put some big points, but Jacksonville defense is not very, not very well set right now. Yeah, I got the Cardinals winning. I think they're a very good team. They have a lot of offensive weapons. Kyler Murray is playing lights out. I just think that they're they've been playing together now for two years, and Kyler's getting better. They have a situation where everybody's starting to feel each other. And I just I just don't see I don't see the Jaguars winning this type of game this soon. I, I just think um the Cardinals are gonna be one like you said, one of the surprises this year. Yeah, no, I and here's the crazy thing. That's a really good looking division right now. The the NFC uh West. That might be the best best division of football. You get the the forty niners are two and oh. Uh Cardinals are two and oh, Rams are two and oh. And I mean, even the Seahawks, they're they're struggling at one and one. So this could be a really, really good uh, race. And really, you might have to win 13 or 14 games to win that division here in 2021. So, um, but I, I like the Cardinals because, again, as much as everybody has had their doubts about Kyler Murray, and again, two games into the season is not a a long enough sample size or long enough test. To really know the full effect of a whole year, but the game plan that they started with him two years ago seems to finally be coming together. And even if they win on Sunday, that doesn't prove anything. You're playing one of the worst teams in football, so let's be honest there. But the the, the bottom line is, this is a game you got to win. You want to be a, a an NFC title contending team, you got to beat teams like the, the Jaguars. That, that's that's the way it's going to work. And then this next game is the same thing. you got the Jets, who are 0-2, and I expect them to be 0-whatever for the year. They're going to Mile High Stadium. We talked about this at Lou a few minutes ago. They're playing the Broncos. Um, you know, 2-0. Denver has surprised me this year. I, I really felt like going into the season, they struggled for identity, didn't know who their quarterback was going to be to the last minute. And, again, I'm going to reiterate this. It's early in the season. You don't know how things are going to work out. Overall, but um, I really think Denver is going to obliterate the Jets here on Sunday. I think we're both uh, in the same corner on that one. Yeah, I, d- I definitely do think so. I just think um, the Broncos are, are doing really well. They're off the great start. 
The Jets surprisingly are off to a slow start this year, even with the new coach. I was really surprised that they they started off as slow as they did. And um so that's that's what we got going. The Broncos I think is gonna beat the Jets. And I, I unfortunately I hate to say it, but it's gonna be an 0 and three start for the Jets and that's not any place you wanna be at in the NFL. 0 and three start. Yep, because as soon as you're 0 and three, you're 0 and four, you're 0 and five, you're 0 and eight, and obviously the Jets have been too much in this position the last five, ten years. It's just been a, a revolving door of, I mean, mediocrity would be an improvement for them at this point. So it, it's it's kind of hard to, and, and honestly, until they prove they can win even a single game, it's hard to pick them at all. Um, you know, with with any. Obviously, you got to take a shot in dark every now and then with a with an upset pick, but um, they just they had just like the, the Lions, they they have too many too many areas of inconsistency that will almost certainly hurt them without question. Those are the things that I think are, you have to kind of look at there. And again, you started over. You started with a new coach. You have a whole new system. You have a new quarterback. Um, it is hard enough to win consistently when everything is going right in this league. And then when you're juggling a quarterback, a coach, a coordinator, and then all the many pieces in between, it's like thinking you're going to pick the winning lottery numbers at random. It really is, you know, that kind of situation. So, um, you know, unfortunately to all those Jets fans out there that are listening, all all three of you, um, (laughs) it's, it's not going to be a good year. And if you think, hey, I'm going to just switch over to the Giants, well, they're not any better. So you might want to go a little further north to Buffalo where you have a, a pretty darn good football team uh, for sure. I like this next game uh, on the docket here, um, one of the afternoon, late, later afternoon games on Sunday. Miami, and I, I think that it's going to be hard for them because don't know the quarterback situation, not sure what's going on with Tua right now, at least last I've heard, uncertain of his status for Sunday. Raiders are 2-0. and This game is in Las Vegas. The Raiders look exactly like they were hoping they would look coming into the season. I have the Raiders here, and Alan, I believe you do too. I do. The Raiders are actually looking very, very good to start the year. Derek Carr has been playing great. The defense has been stepping up. You know, uh, Darren Waller, the tight end slash wide receiver, is is definitely a stud. So I got I got the Raiders winning this game. The Dolphins are a very good team. Their defense is solid, but because Tua is out and you're playing a team as good as the Raiders and they're playing hot, I just don't see the Dolphins winning this game. I think it'll be a close game, but I just I just don't see the Dolphins coming up and winning the game at all. So I got the Raiders winning at home. Yeah, I, I agree. I think the Raiders are about a year ahead of the Dolphins right now. Uh, I certainly think Miami is in great shape. In fact, I think they're one of the best up-and-coming teams in the league. They've built on the draft the last two, three, four years. They have a coach that most people don't know a whole lot about, but they're doing everything kind of behind the scenes and building from within, again, the draft. They're really doing things big there. So, um, but again, the Raiders have established themselves. John Gruden certainly has um, 
finally put together, maybe the pieces that are going to get him to where he wants to go. I know where the fans in Vegas want to see the Raiders end up. And, of course, you know, uh, talked about uh, the late Al Davis at the top of the show with uh, with Lou. Davis family still owns the team, and I'm sure they're ready to see things finally roll over and get back to being a, a contender year in and year out. So I like this next game. This might be the one of the two showcase games of this entire weekend coming up here. you got the defending Super Bowl champion Tampa Bay Buccaneers and Tom Brady. They're 2-0. and They go on the road to the 2-0 and Rams. I love this game here. I've got the Buccaneers winning. Could easily go to the Rams. They certainly have a, an offense that is um, you know, forced to be reckoned with. But I've got the Buccaneers here. I know you do too. Tell me a little bit about this game in your mind. Yeah, it's going to be a tough game for the Bucks. I think they're going to really be challenged in this game. Rams do play the Bucks well. But I just feel even though they have Jalen Ramsey back there, they have, you know, they have Donaldson. I just think that the the Bucks have just too many weapons. And I just think at the end of the day, you just can't you can't contain everyone. And they could beat you with the running game. And I think they could beat you also with the passing game, even if you lock down Evans. I know A.B. is going to be out this game, so that does give the Rams a little bit of an advantage. But I just don't think they're going to be able to still contain them. And I got the Bucks winning the game. A close game, but I just think I just think that actually, believe it or not, if Jared Goff was still playing on the Rams, I would probably say the Rams would win this game. But the fact that I just think – that you have Matt Stafford coming into a game where he's going to be an intense game. And I think it's a little too early for him at this point and that team. So I got the Bucks winning the game. Yeah, I see this being a late touchdown by Tampa Bay. It'll be a close game throughout, but I, I believe it'll be a late Tampa touchdown that'll be the, the overall difference maker. Now, the last three games, and I highlighted them on my end of things here. I'm not sure if this was in your uh, list or not, but the last three games of the, the schedule for this week are the only three games that you and I did not agree on in terms of our uh, overall picks for the week. So we'll start off with the first matchup. It's the 1-1 one one Seattle Seahawks, and they are going on the road to the 0-2 Vikings. Now, I like to take a little chance here and there. I like to roll the dice. I like to, to sometimes pick an upset. Two of my ups, actually both of my upsets are in these last three picks. I'm going to pick the Vikings to finally get a win here this weekend. You have picked the Seahawks. I think I know why, but I'll let you explain what your reasoning is. <laughs> I just think the Seahawks are in a situation where they, they have to have a win. They lost a really tough game last week, and the Seahawks don't want to go down one to two. I do, I do feel confident, though, if they do leave this game, Russell Wilson is a warrior. He likes, to, he likes to be the underdog and come back. But I just think the Seahawks are going to make a couple of big plays. And because of Russell losing last week's game, and this is kind of a – it's a must-win for the Vikings, but it's also a, team, a game that the Seahawks have to win. So I got the Seahawks winning a close game. Yeah, I think it'll be a close game uh, regardless. I see a late field goal, maybe a turnover uh, that leads to it kind of thing. Um, 
Uh, next game is, uh, again, another one that you and I, uh, of, the, of the 16 picks we made for this week, this is number two in the uh, ones that we do not see eye to eye on. Green Bay going on the road. They're one and one, and they are going on the road to play the 2-0 San Francisco 49ers. It's in San Francisco. Um, now, I think Green Bay, obviously because I'm a Packers fan, but I, I can look at this game and say, you look at what Green Bay did in, or didn't do in the first week of the season against the Saints, and what they did do, especially in the second half against the, uh, the Lions this past week, it seems like they finally got their rhythm going. So I think that Green Bay, again, this is going to be a close matchup. I have this as my second upset pick of the week, but I do believe that the Packers are going to go into San Francisco on Sunday night and upset the 49ers. Yeah, I just think the 49ers got things working cohesively as a unit. I know the Packers did um, did beat Detroit, but that was a game that I do believe that Detroit really should have pulled off a win on that game if they would have played four quarters. But I think the 49ers are going to get a, a more solid start and finish. And I think the 49ers have a chip on the shoulder. I think they really want to get back to that Super Bowl that that they really kind of let slip between their fingers. So I got the 49ers winning this game against the Packers. Should definitely be a good matchup. Uh, this is a good early season possible playoff preview game. Uh, we don't know how far this will go. We don't know what both teams will look like here in uh, late December. But I, I certainly see this as – uh, as a uh, really intriguing matchup. And then you go to Monday Night Football. This is the last of the three games we uh, are not on the same page on. Uh, i got the Eagles 1-1 one one against, against the Cowboys, who are also 1-1. One one. I have picked the Eagles. This is a toss-up for me because both teams have kind of been mediocre. Both teams have shown a little bit of promise. Obviously, the Cowboys played really well against the Bucks on the uh, opening Thursday night game. I've got the Eagles. Uh, I just I think it's going to be a close game. Might not even be a high-scoring game. Might be like one of those 12-9, 12-10 type of games. I believe you have the Cowboys. Yeah, this game is going to be it's, it's going to be a tough game for both, and it is a team divisional game. As much as I hate to pick the Cowboys, they do look very good this year, and I just think they're going to edge out the Eagles. I just think that. Uh, I could see the, the team clicking this game, Ezekiel getting a little bit more into the action. They haven't really done much with Ezekiel this year. Ezekiel hasn't gotten hot yet. I think he gets hot this game, and they find a way to win. So I got the Cowboys winning against the Eagles. That's definitely a good uh, good pick there. Again, I think that could be a toss-up. That game could have gone either way. Uh, updating our fans on the overall season standing. Allen have the lead. He is 19 and 13 on the season with his picks. Through um, and that's not counting, of course, the uh, game played, uh, played last night. Uh, and then uh, through two weeks, uh, I am currently sitting at 17 and 15. So I've got to set my game up a little bit here. And I mentioned this uh, earlier on. I think I may have mentioned this off air. Essentially, I'd have to win all three of those last games we talked about, and you'd have to lose all three me to overtake your lead currently in our season standings. So, um, but good picks there. Uh, definitely, again, uh, I know it's three weeks into the season now. Definitely love having the NFL back. 
it has been uh, obviously too long. It's good to see fans back in the stands as well. Uh, Alan, what else do you have for us here tonight? Yeah, I did want to talk a little bit about the Ryder Cup. I definitely want to wish you with Team USA a lot of a lot of luck. They did very well in the first matchup, first game. It started off today. Bryson hit a, a drive of over 400, 417, 417 yards, and guy's amazing. It's nice that, that USA is pumped up. It seemed like guys got a lot of emotions into this. A lot of good emotion where they fired up. It's nice to, that they're doing that. But I do think that uh, sometimes too much emotion in in golf as far as the crowd is sometimes a deterrent. But it's nice to see that they're doing their thing. In USA, Michael Jordan was in the house, the GOAT. The GOAT was there supporting Team USA. That's always a great thing. But I I could just tell that it's got to be it's really got to be eating Tiger Woods for him not to be at this Ryder Cup with all the great players that are there. It's really an honor just watching some of the highlights for you to be just on this team, the best golfers in the world to be selected to be on the team to represent your country, and the guys are really doing their part to try to win. I hope the you Team USA holds on and wins. But uh, definitely that's going on in golf. And in boxing, I did want to just say Jake Paul and Tommy Fury have been calling each other out on on this this fight. Let me just say to the fans that I did say I was going to say my input on this. And I have to agree with, with uh, Jake Paul on this. I mean, Jake Paul offered Tommy Fury a million dollars to fight him. Tommy Fury has only fought seven fights. This will be his eighth fight. And he thinks a million dollars is too low. And one thing that Jake said was that when you give some a guy a little bit of clout, their head gets big. And I think that's the case. Tommy Fury was begging Jake Paul for this fight. He gets the opportunity, and he offers him a million dollars, and he says it's too low. I think Tommy Fury should really think about that and really accept the offer. Because, yes, Jake Paul is probably going to make more money off this fight than you are. But, Tommy, number one, I hate to say it like this. You did not look that good on your fight, the last fight. You did not look good. And the guy was half, basically half your size. And you barely beat him. Jake Paul is about the same size as you, if not bigger. And I just think you need to work on your skill set. Your brother, Tyson Fury, is much better than you are. I think you're being greedy. I would take the million dollars and be thankful of the opportunity because this could very well be your only payday. And I know you're going to try to be greedy to get as much as you can, but Jake Paul could pass on you and you can miss your opportunity. And I, I think where you're at in your career, most I follow boxing for you to be getting a million dollar payday in less than 10 fights is unheard of. Take the money, do your best. You're probably going to lose this fight. I hate to say it, but take your million dollar payout. I know you said it's a million dollars is not worth getting out of bed out of, but it's your biggest payday by four times your last fight. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I know what you're thinking. Don't be greedy. Don't let your pride and ego. And that's what happens to a lot of people in success. They let their pride and ego get in their way of success. As Eminem said, if you had one shot, one opportunity, <laughs> in one moment to cap- seize everything you ever wanted, 
in one moment, would you capture it or just let it slip? You're letting a great opportunity slip, and I think you should take Jake Paul's offer, take the million dollars, fight him, try to do well, and maybe you can get another payday down the road. But I agree with Jake Paul on this one, 100%. You should take the fight and don't miss an opportunity. I, I hope you hear this. Don't miss an opportunity. I Don't be greedy, and I think you're being greedy. You know, I think you're being greedy. That's my take on this, and I definitely wanted to give – oh, and they have a fight tomorrow night. You have a big fight with uh, Joshua, Joshua against Uslak, Alexander Uslak. I, I got – I got actually – I got Joshua winning this fight only because he's 20 pounds bigger than Joshua. I think that that extra weight and strength is going to be a little bit too much for him. So I got AJ winning this fight tomorrow. It's a big fight. I'm going to definitely check it out. And you guys should check it out too. You'll see if my prediction is right. I got AJ winning this fight, and I definitely think Tommy Superior should take his fight with Jake Paul. Those are my takes on the – Golf and boxing news. All right, definitely good takes here, Alan, on both uh, both sides of things here, and we'll we'll have the results here when we speak again next week. So uh, definitely a great night. Uh, glad to have all of our picks. Thank you for Lou coming on again the show here this evening. Again, uh, if you didn't catch it, uh, you'll be able to hear his show tomorrow night. I believe it's from five to seven, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Um, and uh, of course. Uh, that is the enhanced sports show on his end of things. So for Lou, for Alan, this is Aaron signing off here. And everyone have a great night. Thank you for listening to the Evan Aaron Sports Talk Podcast. Subscribe and check us out on your favorite social media platform. Thank you. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.